0: there is something really beautiful in breast milk and when the mother is giving her own you know from the breast directly the baby will send through his saliva message to his mother and okay saying mommy i was in contact with this bacteria or with this virus now it's your time to produce some antibodies to protect me oh my goodness fascinating,
1: fascinating. i am amazed. fascinating. marhaba أنا karen أبو أنا Uana May Welcome to Al-Amuma.
2: Real Talk guys. We'll be taking you through all the stages of pregnancy and motherhood and diving into the stuff
3: no one talks about. From fears and anxieties, sex drive to social stigmas. We will be sharing our personal experiences with you. And of course, welcome various special guests to share their journeys and learnings too.
1: And most importantly, hear from you, mamas. This is your podcast. Make sure to follow us on Instagram where we'll be taking all your awesome questions. Don't shy away mamas or even papas. All sorts of questions are welcome.
3: Just remember folks, we are not medical professionals. We are mamas sharing our experiences with you. All thoughts and opinions expressed are our own.
1: So exciting and so excited for today's episode, we would like to introduce a brilliant lactation consultant, Dr. Sulaf Mansoor. Welcome, Dr. She She's a certified lactation consultant with the IBCLC, as well as a positive discipline coach. As a doctor in food sciences, she has a passion for nutrition and acknowledges the importance of a healthy lifestyle on a successful breastfeeding and motherhood experience.
2: So in this episode, we're going to give you all the lowdown on breastfeeding. Those lovely lady lumps are suddenly going to take on a whole new meaning, and what may be one of the most natural processes a woman can do for her child, it sometimes can feel like one of the least natural things to do.
0: Yes, thank you so much, ladies, for this beautiful introduction. Thank you. I'm really—it's uh, an honor for me to be uh, to be with you. And um uh, more than happy to, to talk about my passion today. So, yes, looking forward.
3: Wonderful. Thank you so much. So let's just dive straight in. Um, and you'll probably get a, a, a lot of side questions from Mace, who's just <laughs> delivered a few weeks ago and is embarking on her first breastfeeding journey. I am currently leaking out of my bra. <laughs> so... <laughs> But to begin with, I think the
1: first thing I wanted to ask you or talk to you about was something that everyone kept telling me was the golden milk. And when I first delivered, I had an image or an idea that I'm just going to have my baby on my chest. It's going to be so easy and this gold liquid is going to be out of my nipples. Instead, Dr. Sulaf, I was up all night with sore nipples. I don't even know how to express myself and my baby sucking not only the, <laughs> the life out of me, but the complete energy out of me. So can you talk to us a little bit on as soon as you deliver how the breast milk comes out and specifically what this cholesterol milk is?
0: Yes, amazing. So first of all, first of all congratulations for your baby. Breastfeeding is not always easy. That's why we are here to support mothers. Um, So the colostrum, it's, you know, uh, it's really golden milk, Um, it's really produced straight after birth, so when the, um, once the mother uh, gives birth to her child or infant, uh, the placenta will be released and uh, a hormone called the progesterone will be, will get, uh, will decrease suddenly. And it will increase the hormone called the prolactin, the hormone that produces milk. So then the colostrum, this beautiful milk, will come, will start to to be produced straight after birth. Okay. Uh, All mothers are supposed to get colostrum straight after birth. It's very rare when we are struggling, like for the case of diabetes, for example, we are struggling to have. Colostrum showing up straight after birth. This is another topic. But this beautiful milk is, you know, uh, really uh, high in protein, electrolytes, uh, sodium, vitamin A, low in fat uh, and carbohydrate, but it's full, full, full of prebiotics factor, immunity booster. Everything that the baby needs It's true that it's a small volume as a volume, but it's exactly what the stomach of the infants needs. OK, the baby doesn't need a bigger volume of milk.
1: Can I ask you, Dr. Sulaf? is it so you said sometimes there could be um, there could be a chance that um, a mom can't give colostrum milk for whatever reason? Does that impact the baby? Is, is, is it is Does something happen to the baby if he or she don't take the colostrum milk? Do they lack of something?
0: Of course, because the baby, uh, if the, baby the, the, the colostrum is really full of immunity booster and really protect the baby and it responds to the needs of the baby. If the baby doesn't take the colostrum, of course, it will ap- it will affect the baby because we cannot control, compare the colostrum to any artificial milk. Uh, in, in, in general, breast milk and artificial milk are not comparable having said that alhamdulillah yani most of mothers have more than enough milk for their babies if they have the support needed if they seek for help when it's needed if they are struggling and ask for help th- usually yani we 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 try to fix the issue from the beginning okay and we have a lots of method also nowadays alhamdulillah to make sure that the colostrum will start to come we, we do lots of skin to skin we call it the golden hour the first hour after birth is the golden hour okay Babies have the instinct to latch and feed on their mother chest, the mother breast, okay? Mm-hmm as all mammals on earth, so the elephant, the giraffe, all mammals on earth knows how to latch and feed on their mother. They don't need a lactation consultant either. There is a funny, and it's not that funny, a chimpanzee, I think they recently gave birth to in a zoo like last year. She didn't know how to, to handle and how to breastfeed her baby. They sent someone from La Leche League to show her how to breastfeed her baby because we are like this chimpanzee in the zoo, honestly, because <laughs> we don't live in, this, in the village, okay? We didn't see our sisters, aunties, friends breastfeeding around and it's like a new new things for us. But what is really helpful is when the hospital started to implement the golden hour. So the baby will have to stay on the mother's chest until he until instinctively he latch on it. Okay. This mm-hmm. is very, very important because instinctively our infants know how to latch knows how to latch on the on the breast.
2: Doctor Sula for C section mamas sometimes because they're in the middle of their procedure, they don't have the opportunity to observe that first hour, the golden
0: hour. Alhamdulillah, nowadays we have gentle C-sections. So for example, if a mother knows already that she has to go through a C-section, she can discuss with her healthcare professional, she can visit the hospital and tell them, I want this golden hour. It's totally possible to have the golden hour even though a mother has a C-section. Having said that, sometimes when it's emergency C-section and we are, the mother is more, in you know, the health of the mother also is, um, is, is the mother is at risk. Yes, they can maybe separate, or the baby' health is at risk. They, the unfortunately, the baby is separated from the mother. But this is really in case of, uh, of of any risk for both mother and the baby. Having said that, even if the mother, for example, is not able to do the skin-to-skin and put the baby on her chest the father can do this that's why i love when the father is involved you know in the in the in all this breastfeeding journey why i say the father because nobody will love the the infant as much as his own or her own parents so so and the baby will be secured in the in the father chest and we said that to breastfeed within the three hours even after c-section okay Uh, and if another thing, if a mother knows that she's already going on C- for C-section, what can be done if her pregnancy is not at risk? She can even express her colostrum before even going to the hospital. Oh, oh wow! Um, yes, yes. Uh, some mother will do it. Like at uh, we, we I, I recommend, I recommend them to do it at 38, 39 weeks, for example, and try to start to express every drop count. Okay. Some mother will start to have like drops every day, but of course we have to make sure that she's not in a risky pregnancy.
1: I was actually getting my cholesterol milk because I was fully engorged in a in a painful manner, and um, Malik couldn't suckle on my breast. There, so they were doing it with a syringe. The lactation consultant came. She was she was really trying to help. But Ktiri kunt mewajah because of the engorgement. And, and I'm actually still engorged. Is that something that's common, Dr. Sodaf, the engorgement?
0: Engorgement it is a very good question. Engorgement can come usually because you know the, the blood flow and the, the milk started to increase suddenly two, three days after birth. I'm talking now about the engorgement that commonly comes after, you know, giving birth when the transitional milk will will, will come instead of the colostrum because the colostrum will, will, will you know, will, will evolve into a transitional milk, then a mature milk. Okay. So to, through this process, what would happen? Uh, the, the breast will receive more flow of blood and more milk suddenly. And that will create engorgement most of the time. How we can reduce the engorgement at that time after birth, uh, two, three days after birth. First, having a baby frequently breastfeeding, on being on the breast frequently. Okay, Lots of skin to skin to stimulate the baby. More the mother will do this, less the breast will be engorged and full of milk. Okay. Second, massaging, but a gentle massage, will help with the engorgement really gentle don't hesitate even what I say to mother you are at the hospital most of the mother will give birth in private hospital paying lots of money don't hesitate to ring the bell every time you need help yes you need it don't stay and engorged and and suffering um, by yourself you have to know that when the breast is engorged the areola will be very very hard and the baby will not be able to have a deep latch on it okay mm-hmm. So when, when the areola is not soft at all, and the baby cannot have a, deep, a proper deep latch, I will discuss the latch later. But uh, what does it mean is like, I have a ball full of air, football, a ball full of air, I'm telling, I'm telling you latch on it, it's not possible. You will lose the latch all the time. So when a mother is engorged, she has to know how to hand express. By the way, the World Health Organization recommend that every mother before even going to the hospital should know how to hand express. Okay, hand expression helps really um, uh, releasing the tension that the mother can have on her, her areola and, and help the baby to have a deep latch. It's really helpful.
1: What about nipple shields? Can't you use a nipple shield when when you're engorged?
0: Nipple shield is nipple shield is not really used for engorgement. Nipple shields are mainly used uh, when a mother has cracked nipples and uh, and she's still suffering a lot, even though we are doing a deep latch. Okay, because what what cracked nipple usually happen when the mother from the beginning is not, uh, the baby is not positioned, you know, in a deep latch on the breast. This is the first, the main reason, you know, the the position of the baby and the latch on the breast. So once we correct it, even though the mother has a bit of cracked nipples and maybe bleeding, sometimes she will be in pain a few seconds and then it will go. Okay, but if the mother is still screaming, even though the baby has a deep latch on the breast, yes, we can use a nipple shield. But for engorgement, usually we don't really use a nipple shield. What we have to use is really our hands, uh, massaging it uh, and what, what. what you were saying about uh, taking the you know drops and feeding the baby it's amazing because especially when the mother goes for a medicalized birth and most of the mother will go for epidural they have to know that the epidural reaches the brain of your baby okay it reaches the baby too so as you are tired and recovering your baby is also sleepy and recovering uh, after birth so it's very important if the baby is really sleepy on the breast uh, and you know, even though we are doing deep breast compression to stimulate him and to help him getting the milk he needs, taking, expressing the, the, the colostrum and giving, giving the colostrum uh, through a syringe to a baby is a must, okay? A baby needs to feed eight to 12 times after birth in 24 hours. Uh, Some mistakes are done to leave the baby sleeping. You know, yalla, I'm tired. Let him sleep. I get my rest. Mm -hmm. No, you need to stimulate your baby. He is as tired as you are, especially after medicalized birth.
2: So we talked about colostrum. We talked about the first few days after birth, your breast produces this golden, beautiful, thick, nutritious milk. But one thing I remember when I first had my child is what do I do? Do like, How does breastfeeding work? Do I put her on one breast and then she's done? Do I do left and right? I literally had no idea what was going on. I had no f- education on what is the... Okay, step one, put baby on your breast. She's going to suck. She's going to have some milk. When she's done, switch her to the other breast. I didn't have this guidance, so I literally didn't know what I was doing. Can you just talk to us about... When you bring baby home, how are you supposed to breastfeed? What are the steps to take, the basics?
0: It's an amazing question, and it often that it's the most common question that I'm getting. Uh, which breast should I start for? How long I should keep my baby on the breast? I will tell you something. When a baby is at the hospital and you just delivered, okay, a mother has to make sure that the baby is having a deep latch on the breast when you look at the breast you have the areola and the nipple okay baby doesn't the mouth of the baby doesn't have to come in a symmetric way on the breast okay the baby has to take all the nipple and the big part of the lower areola inside his mouth. This is the f- basic of breastfeeding. It's a deep latch. And how we maintain a deep latch, and we are make sure that we have to position the baby in a way that the baby has um, his belly, his tummy against the mother tummy, and all the body align as I drink a cup of water. When I drink a cup of water, my neck is up, and I can drink a cup of water. Why I'm telling you this, once you have a baby having a deep latch on the breast, OK, neck is up, you can see the gulping movement of your baby on the neck and you see I can see how active he is on the breast okay so once I have my brain baby I just delivered my baby I put him on the breast what will stimulate my babies to do lots of lots of deep breast compression it's not about I tickle his ear or I play with his feet about I send him more milk to le- to make sure that he's active. When you will see his his neck, you can see like uh, like uh, you can see really gulping movement, lots of gulping movement. Then you know that your baby is actively sucking, soloing on the breast. Okay, so as long as the baby is active on the breast, if for example I start with my left breast and my baby is still active on this breast, I let him. Okay, if my baby is too s- started to get you know sleepy, means that I don't see any gulping movement anymore. I Put him in the second one, on the right one. So I alternate one, two, three, four. I don't hesitate to alternate by doing deep breast compression, especially at the hospital when the baby is still learning how to latch. How to like we are still also learning how to position our baby. He's still tired after birth, so we don't have really to to leave a baby on one side. And especially the colostrum, as I told you, it's a very small volume. Okay, so alternating breasts will help the baby to get even more milk. Okay. As a time, there is no specific time for that. It can be like 20 minutes, 30 minutes, depending on each baby. Okay. When you come back home and you feel that the baby started to be more alert, maybe you let him finish one side and then you propose the second one. As long as you are able to see gulping movement, it means that my baby is active on my breast.
1: Wouldn't it it impact the supply from one breast to another? Because I thought you need to, I thought you needed to calculate the times on how long you keep baby on breast so you can make sure the supply.
0: I will, be, I will be honest with you. We cannot calculate time, okay? Because we have to know that, for example, you three girls and myself, we don't produce the same amount of milk per hour. Okay we don't have the same babies and the ba- babies our babies have different stomach capacities i cannot come and say okay your baby will stay 15 minutes or all our back, or all the babies will stay 15 minutes on the breast it's not possible because it depends on your breast storage capacity and the stomach capacity of your baby Okay, it's not about the time, it's about the efficiency of your baby on the breast. But having said that, if a baby at, uh, let's say, one week, uh, two weeks and beyond, he will spend more than 30 to 40 minutes on the breast, I, we should start to question ourselves, okay? Maybe the baby has a weak suction, uh, maybe there is any tongue tie, any lip tie, when you're still uh, struggling with a shallow laser, there is so many factors that we ha- we can think of it. Okay, uh, when the baby starts to spend long, long hour, like long time at the breast, uh, without being really active, hmm.
3: I, I mean, for 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 me, I remember my right breast from even from day two at the hospital. I immediately had a clogged duct, um, and I had really bad engorgement. But then, throughout the entire year of breastfeeding, I did know that my right breast produced much less milk than the left breast. And so over time, I, I, I learned from my baby that she spent less time on the right breast because there was less milk there. And I would always start breastfeeding on the right side so that I knew that she would empty that side and then go to the left side um, rather than the other way around. Just so that... The, because this this goes to... I, my next question about supply and demand... Because when I started on the rest breast, I knew she would empty it and that would signal supply wise that this breast is empty to produce more. Whereas if I had started on the left side, she might have gotten full on that side and never made it to the right side, um, which would have then led to even less milk production on that side. Is that right? Could you just talk us through a little bit more?
0: amazing! You have to praise yourself because it was an amazing management. We always say to mother that yes, if you it's first, it's totally normal that we have a breast that produces more milk than the other. First, okay. Second, what you did is great because what you did is really sending a message to my to the to your own brain saying, okay, my 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 this my right breast is completely empty. Send me even more milk from send me more milk, okay. And then you switch your baby to the left one so you, you 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 were sure that your baby was really completely emptying your right breast so as you said a breast uh, production is about supply and demand so more i empty my breast more milk you come more, more, more milk will come you have to know something that you have to take your breast after the colostrum okay and starting 3 days 4 days maximum 4 days let's say when the when the the transitional milk was started to come okay up to the mature milk and until the end of breastfeeding, you have to know that we have two managers. The right breast and the left breast doesn't work in parallel. They, they, don't, they don't work in parallel. You have to know that the right breast has its has own manager, will say, OK, I empty my right one, more milk will come on the right. My left one has its own, own manager, will say, OK, I empty my left one, more milk will come on the left one, OK? It's about supply and demand, but it's not like some mother would say, oh, really, uh, yes, you have two managers. It's really two different managers managing left and right. <laughs> to make sure I'm stimulating both breasts, I need to empty both breasts.
1: Yeah. do I know if I'm a doctor?
0: Oh, amazing. You know, I'm, I'm Lebanese, married to a Tunisian. I used to live a lo- like long time in Paris. In all those three cultures and being in Dubai now, uh, we, we are coming from a culture saying that they man, they man, uh, most of the time a mother doesn't have enough milk for her baby. We often hear that. Let's say 99% of the Lebanese, at least, that I, I know, we don't have enough milk for our baby. <laughs> <laughs> and if we never had enough milk for our babies, I think that the human species will be extinct since long time. <laughs> having said that so your question how do I know that my baby has enough uh, the first thing that you have to look at are the stools the urine and the weight gain as a lactation consultant what we expect that the baby will come back to uh, to his or her birth weight 7 to 10 days after birth okay then we expect that the baby will take around 25 grams per day up to 3 months okay <coughs> All those three indicators are there, يعني, are positive. Good stools amount, urine amount there, and as well as the uh, the, the weight gain. It's, we are sure that the baby has more than enough. Usually satiated baby are happy. Uh, you know, you can... It's, uh, you, you can have them on uh, on, the, on your chest and they sleep for a long time. By the way, lots of mother comes to me saying, telling me, yeah, Dr. Sulaf, uh, my, uh, my baby had a good feed. My breasts are empty, stools and urine are OK. But once I put my baby in on his bed or on, in, in his coat, he just woke up. I say, yes, yeah, it's normal. Because your baby got you, you know, is used to you, yeah, nine months in your belly, in your womb, give him some time to adapt to the real life and be separated from you. So having the even though the baby baby will sleep like sometime longer on the mother or father chest. now once we put the baby on the side, usually they have a tendency to wake up. They are they want to feed again. What that time feeding is just to soothe themselves and for security. Mommy and daddy are mommy is here, I'm secured, all fine, I can sleep again.
2: That's amazing. Um, let's, uh, focus on, um, this breast milk. So you're talking about, um, right after the colostrum. Can you tell us a little bit about breast milk? Like what is it? It's, you know, is it custom made for your baby? What's in it? Does your food affect the milk? What is for milk? hind milk daytime versus
1: nighttime milk. Can you talk to us a bit about the geeky stuff? And please, please emphasize on Does your, the food you eat impact your baby? Because Google is not helping me And I started to eat anything I like No food, no hummus, no broccoli, no cauliflower Because I live here, I live
0: <laughs> what a spicy what a she- <laughs> I will talk about it inshallah let's start about breast milk composition you have to know that the milk is completely tailor-made and answer the baby needs and the milk composition is completely different if you are dealing with the premature baby or a full-term baby so uh, the milk is really rich in uh, in uh, really um, lots of fatty acids that is crucial and important for the brain development of the baby and the central nervous system of a baby. OK, you have to know that some uh, some components, uh, like we call it uh, LDL or cholesterol, are really like, we don't find them in artificial milk, OK? We don't find. And if we find them, it's really in very small quantities. And it it, it the absorption of those elements in artificial milk are not as good as when we are when the baby is taking breast milk. It's completely different. So this breast milk is really tailor made for each baby. It it has good all the good uh, fat that the baby needs, all the proteins. It's also full in immunity booster and uh, and really helps and to mature the baby gut. Um, you have to know that the breast milk has something incredible called uh, prebiotic factors. So uh, it attracts all the good bacteria to the baby to make sure that the baby will get all the good bacteria that he needs for the immunity and uh, for his uh, gut uh, flora development. Um, There is something really beautiful in breast milk and when the mother is giving her own, you know, from the breast directly, the baby will send through his saliva a message to his mother, okay, saying, mommy, mommy, I was in contact with this bacteria or with this virus now it's your time to produce some antibodies to protect me oh my goodness fascinating
1: i'm
2: amazing
0: there is a message that um between the mother and the baby and it's the same when the mother was in contact with viruses and bacteria or even with corona uh, you have to know that the mother doesn't have to stop breastfeeding for most of the time because Even before the symptoms appear, okay, for example, let's say let's talk about corona or cold. Even though before even the symptoms appear, the baby was already in contact with this bacteria. But what the mom did already, she's producing all the antibodies to protect the baby. Okay, it's a really tailor made vaccine for the baby. I think that's really
3: important for mothers to know out there because I've heard of so many of mothers, friends of mine who got COVID and then separated themselves from their yeah. from their children, from their babies uh, during that period.
0: I, I'm so sad, I'm so yeah, I'm sorry to hear that. Even the CDC, the World Health Organization, they all agree that the mother doesn't have to be separated from her baby, even with the COVID, okay? Mm-hmm. Because first of all, the baby was in contact with COVID even before the symptoms appeared. So mm-hmm. this is yeah it doesn't make really sense second we have to always take the benefit and the risk when we are separating the baby from the infant the risk is higher you know on the on baby health than keeping the baby with the mother
1: so if if i was to for example take the vaccine today will this impact the antibodies or whatnot in my breast milk for my baby or baby is completely fine
0: uh, regarding breast milk and breastfeeding and the covid vaccine it's you know there is not so many research and yani, more and more research are starting to come but uh, one research showed that when a mother is va- take the covid vaccine we are able to find some antibodies of covid inside the breast milk okay but now my question is if uh, if a breastfeeding mother should take the vaccine or no we don't have the answer today Hala, um when we talk about four milk and hind milk, please, my message to mothers today you know, the four milk is the milk that uh, comes, uh, that is released at the beginning of a feed, okay? And the hind milk is the milk that is released at the end of a feed. I'm sure that you heard a lot about it that, oh, yes, um, there is lots of lactose in your milk and the baby gets colics. And uh, we always think that our four milk is not as good as the hind milk. Hind milk. For me, it's really a misleading information. High milk and four milk as good both are both of them very good for your baby. Okay. And when we talk about the four milk, it's that it's true that the four milk is really higher in lactose. So the sugar of the your milk is lactose, okay? And the high milk will be higher in fat. Okay. Having said that, when a mother has a huge storage capacity, okay, we rarely like the baby will rarely be able to empty completely the breast. By the way, the ba- breast, it will never be emptied. Like it will be always be f- like, uh, emptied up to 80%, okay? There is always 20% remaining inside the breast. Uh, having said that, so when a mother has a full breast capacity, we rarely f- see a big fat difference be- between the beginning of the feed or, or the end of the feed, okay? Okay. Uh, when, and when you compare it for, for with a small breast capacity, yes, we might see more differences in the fat content at the beginning of the feed compared to the end of the feed. Uh, but again, both milk are very important. Both, like hind milk and fore milk, both of them are great for the baby. And uh, we have to stop, you know, um, like telling mother that yeah, you're, the beginning, the the milk that it released at the beginning of the feed is not as good as the hind milk. Hala, when we are uh, dealing with colicky baby, it's another topic, maybe I can talk about it later. Um, we have several management when it comes to that and to make sure that the baby has more access to the fatty milk, especially when the mother has a lot, like a huge storage, storage capacity. Daytime and nighttime milk, uh, you were asking me dear. So, yes, you have to know that, first of all, uh, breastfeeding your baby at night reduces the risk of syd- sy- uh, uh, sudden infant death syndrome. Okay, you heard about it. Uh, why? Because the mother is alert and she's communicating with her baby. I always say to mother that, you know, you and your baby will be communicating, you are energy. When I imagine today, I meet new person, I'm in the restaurant. I, I say, I come back home, I say, oh, I don't really like this person. Oh, I love this person. It's all because we communicate together. Okay, and the mother, I'm, I'm sure that you saw it. Yani, when a mother sleeps next to her baby, or you know, um, that her baby is in the same room, she will be alert at night. Yani. We will, as a mother, we will wake up even before the baby will start to move. Okay, we are ready for the feed. It happens with you. I can imagine, and yeah? even if a mother loves to sleep at night, we are always like jumping before even the baby started to move. The prolactin, the hormone that produces milk, is very high at night, yeah? and especially what's it uh, like one and five. Um, uh, between one and five in the morning, the pro- prolactin is really really high. It's the best time. Also, if a mother is trying to boost her supply, to make sure that she's either breastfeeding, either pumping at that time. Okay, and there is something beautiful in in the in the breast milk composition. Is like the the nighttime um, milk is like it's higher in melatonin because the mother is producing more melatonin, and we all know that the melatonin um, is involved in the, in the deep sleeping and sleeping. So yes, it even helps the baby to. Sleep sleep uh, to sleep to go yeah, to sleep better uh, you can lots we hear a lot Give a formula the baby will sleep longer first of all i always question myself do, do we do the baby really need to sleep longer at night with and i trust the nature yeah, and if my baby really has to wake up more often let it be second it's not true Yani, yeah, it depends And if i go to eat a fast food today and yeah, i'm not judging anything but like something really heavy today i don't think I will, i'm gonna sleep better Okay, and third, when the baby will woke up at night, it's not it's just not it's No, it's, um, I'm hungry. Sometimes it's just to comfort, to comfort himself or herself, right. to, to make sure that mommy is here. Okay, I have my cuddle, I have my comfort. Again, I was saying that the the, the night feeding really protect the baby against the uh, the, the sudden infant. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, because the mother is alert. She's breastfeeding him. She, uh, it's, it's completely different than formula-fed babies that most of the time, you know, will not have this, um, will be more separated from the mother, let's say, uh, because when you are breastfeeding, you are the only one who can give the breast. You are always alert. You are here for the baby. Again, I'm not judging anyone. I'm, I'm more than happy. You know, I always support mother any decision she takes today, okay? I'm just here to inform and give information.
1: I have a question, Dr. Sudaf, on the of night milk and pumping. I feed my son, um, but sometimes he passes out and naturally I'm still engorged because I'm still in my first five weeks. I, I understand that's natural. Um, the milk I pump at night, I don't feed him in the morning because he says it has melatonin. صح? Or vice versa.
0: I, I will tell you something. If you are, mashallah, you are really having lots of milk backup, Yani, and you can choose which one you can give to your baby. Yes, don't give it, Yani. Better, for example, night, night will be night, night milk. Day will be day, day, day milk. But having said that, honestly, lots of mother will will not have this luxury to have so much extra milk because we are not supposed to. After three weeks, our demand and supply has to be regulated. Okay, if I'm still struggling with, with engorgement after three weeks, I have to question myself. There is oversupply, maybe my metabolism is over yani, over inflamed, or there is something in my body that is not um, that that needs to be regulated. That's how I, I after three weeks we start to talk about over milk supply. So if a mother has yani enough producing so much extra for her baby, there is no no problem or no issue to give the milk that you pump at night in the morning or during the day okay but if you have the luxury to have so much extra milk yeah you can choose (laughs) so the night milk that i pumped will be for night and the the morning will be for morning but it's not a rule at all
3: so so just talking about pumping can you can you give us quickly a bit of advice on on pumping myself my experience uh, the midwives at the hospitals um, i felt you know, they kind of scared me into traumatized. Yeah, they traumatized (laughs) me. They told me, you know, don't pump too much. Otherwise you'll have an oversupply, but do pump a little bit because you need to keep the the milk, uh, the milk, you know, the flow going. Um, so I never really knew how much to pump, uh, when to pump. Um, can you, can you just talk us through a little bit about pumping?
0: Hala, your question is beyond amazing. When a baby is at the hospital and latching properly and everything is fine, we don't need to pump, okay? But if uh, my baby, Shaban he's full and I'm still struggling with lots of milk, I can pump a bit until I, I, I don't feel any pressure or any tension in my breast i don't need to over pump because more i empty my breast as we said before it's the supply and demand more i empty my breast more milk will come so this is the way to protect also a mother against you know like engorgement and mastitis more inflammation okay mm-hmm. that's why the the nurse the midwife they told you don't don't over pump when you are at the hospital okay coming back home or pumping it's um it really Depends on why are you pumping, okay? Am I pumping because I'm engorged? So yes, I need to pump until I feel better. I don't have any um, like heavy breasts. I don't have any soreness. I feel good. Okay, I stop pumping because my baby is not able to do maybe the work. Second, if I need to pump because I just have, I I need a backup because I need to go out. For example, if I'm all the day with my baby and I just need to go to see my gynecologist or go out with my friends, okay, what I can do is just, I I empty both breasts, okay, I keep it in the fridge or I keep it at room temperature up to four to six hours, I have more than enough for my baby, I can go out, okay. Then if I'm pumping because I'm going back to work, it's another story, (laughs) we have to increase the sessions. Okay and to make sure even but I don't want the mother to have a full full like a freezer full of milk doesn't make any sense okay mother needs a backup of 2 3 days before going back to work because then at work she will be pumping milk for the next day and she will be able to give to the baby so pumping doesn't have to it's not a must honestly but when a mother is always engorged and uh, mashallah the baby has more than enough and she's really struggling with this yes she can pump time to time uh, just to release the pressure that she has in her on her breast, but not to overpump, not to empty completely her breast, because what will happen here we will be even stimulating even more our lactation. But is until now we are struggling with engorgement after like five weeks. I really think that uh, we should we should we should uh, we, there there is something that um, we should work on it. We have to make sure that first is my baby having a deep latch, able to empty properly my breast. Um, am I maybe eating inflammatory products or so coming to food I will jump into food now <laughs> which food to avoid or to eat uh, there is no there is much more studies made on cows and what the cows has to eat to produce this texture and this flavor um, in the milk, okay? Because the cows industry uh, bring lots of money, you know. So they we have less <laughs> article done on the breast milk, okay? Hala, there is uh, there is few of them, but um, like. In my daily practice, what I see that most of the time, mothers, uh, you know, with the COVID situation, lots of stress, we are eating lots more. I think that there is increment of processed food because the mother are just grabbing what she has, she doesn't have her family around, there is no support, she's alone, eating, 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 because it's, we are full of stress, okay? We just eat, we grab the first thing that we find out in our fridge and we eat. So I don't. Think that is the best solution. A mother has to understand something that we live in one body. Okay, it's like a car. When I have a car, I will never go to the petrol station and tell him, "I'll fill my car with dirty gas." Okay, and knowing that a car I can get rid of it, but my body I just have one body. Okay, so, and she has to know that the baby relies on on her for the vitamins, minerals, and all the nutrients. So. When she eats something, it, the minerals and vitamins will grow will go to her, to her bloodstream and from her bloodstream to the baby milk, okay? And the baby will get it. So the most important thing is, especially when she's breastfeeding, is really to, to take care of her diet, to, to really have a balanced diet. Mother really has and needs to have a balanced diet to remove all the processed food, because processed food will attract bad bacteria to our body. body. It will not help our baby to feel better also the common um common um common food that are known to trigger the baby are the gluten and the dairy it's not about going and uh, eating uh, gluten free processed food okay you have to know nowadays the gluten is full of glyphosate from Monsanto 98% of the gluten we eat in the market our gluten from the US, Our gluten that are, are full of pesticides. Uh, Anna, I remember uh, when I was 10 years old going to the village and looking at my, at my aunt, how she used to prepare the bread. She used to ferment the bread more than 24 hours. You call it the sourdough bread. Nowadays, when we, we, we go and buy a bread, we just, it's the breast with the yeah. yeast, instant yeast, and we are eating this bread. Our body is not made to receive this kind of food. Okay, those foods are really inflammatory for our body. We have to come back to our roots. Okay, mm-hmm. maybe mother, if she really wants, if she really wants to eat gluten, she can afford maybe go and buy uh, my organic uh, wheat bread, sourdough, you know, fermented 24 to 48 hours, because this will help reducing her inflammation. So I was talking about uh, processed food to remove it, and the second culprit, I told you, the dairy. Dairy. I used to work more than ten years between my master degree and my PhD for dairy companies. It's a very, very dirty company. You know, companies. um, The most you have to know that the cows usually, even when you you buy cows from, you buy milk that from. You know, lots of Arabic countries. Sometimes they don't even have access to the to the grass. Okay, so we are eating uh, dairy products that are full of pus, full of antibiotics, full of hormones. (laughs) Okay, that's disgusting.
1: (laughs) Ew, (laughs) this episode is for all vegans out there.
0: (laughs) Yeah, but Anna, I'm saying to mother if a baby is really struggling with colics and with gases, maybe she has to start and think about her own diet. I'm not telling you to cut completely daily. Anna, if I have access and if my baby is fine, I'm fine I'm not intolerant. If I have access to a grass fed -fed goat uh, yogurt, why not? I don't mind time to time. But it doesn't have to be part of our, our diet. And sometimes we get misleading information, like I'd have to drink milk to get more milk. It's not true. How many how many times did you get that? That's why uh, like, I say to mother, remove all the inflammatory foods. And unfortunately, you know, when you go to La Leche League or Mom or lots of different websites, they will tell you that there is, there is not really impact on what you eat on on your breast quality or your baby but yes there is because if there is any impact on the cows <laughs> or the milk quality of the, what the, of the the no, no, cow's milk quality yes it has an impact on the human milk quality and you have to know that the fat that we eat and fats are good for our body. We need fats. We need healthy fats. Okay, the, the 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 quantity and as well as the quality of fat that we eat affect the composition of the fats of our human milk. Okay, you have to know that healthy fats are olive oil, coconut oil, avocado, flax seeds, uh, uh, chia seeds. That we can introduce like omega-rich fish. All those kind of fat are really. Um, are really are great for the for our breast milk
3: also i was advised when i was having issues with supply i was recommended to take fenugreek to drink non-alcoholic beer do you have any advice or opinions on that
0: i love this question uh you know sometimes (laughs) again breast milk it's all about demand and supply okay i want more i empty my breast this is the basic more I empty my breast, more milk will come. And yani if I take the halba, I take fenugreek, yani I take moringa, all those, I take, I eat oats, and my mom prepare, I don't know what kind of food, and we in Lebanon. Mm-hmm. So even though I take all this, and I'm not emptying my breast, we will not see more milk, okay? It's about, mm-hmm. I empty my breast, more milk will come. Having said that, the galactogog are known sometimes to give a push to our lactation that like herbs are full of good minerals, electrolytes, vitamins that can give a push to our metabolism to produce more milk, okay? Fenugreek, we have to be careful because fenugreek, yes, can some mothers are very happy with fenugreek because it helps, you know, it gives a boost to their supply. But you have to know that fenugreek sometimes can affect the thyroid function. Uh, I know that most of the time when a mother will go to the pharmacy and tell them I need, a, I need a supplement to increase my supply, they will go rush and give fenugreek. OK, mm. be careful with fenugreek. There is so many others herbs in the market, la moringa, shaktavari, lots of things that you can find in the market that can be helpful. And we know that it's not doesn't have any side effects on mother.
3: Another side effect of fenugreek was <laughs> a specific odor, which I like to God. call curry pits. <laughs> yeah, Sarah and I were both uh,
2: we occasionally took fenugreek when we felt our milk supply was low. And I got a message from Sarah being like, Did your sweat smell different? I was like, I smell like peppercorn, you know, the the bad
0: I couldn't
1: believe it. I was
0: shocked. I know, I know, yeah. It's not really the smell is not really nice uh, after taking fenugreek. I
1: know. On on the um on the topic of non alcoholic beer, I'd like to ask you about alcoholic beverages, alcoholic beer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know we passed the pumping, the pumping bit, but can you just let women out there know if they want to go back to their occasional glass of wine or beer, what to do, how to do it, when to pump and dump?
0: I will tell you something, Heidi. When barley, that is a big part of the, of the beer, okay, is known as boosting, like, again, giving a boost to the supply. Okay. But alcohol, No has a completely like a reverse effect on the on the supply okay so non-alcoholic beer yes alcoholic beer no but your question is about going occasionally drink uh, 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 like a glass here and there there is no issue as long as you know uh, she doesn't have to pump and and dump her milk some mother will say oh i i had my 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 glass of wine i will pump and dump my milk to make sure that my baby will not have alcohol. It's not true because the amount of alcohol that you will have on your breast milk is the same as your blood. So if your blood after two, three hours is cleared from alcohol, you will not have any more alcohol in your breast milk. So just make sure that, okay, I will not breastfeed my baby two to three hours after having my glass of wine.
2: So a a rough rule of thumb is, let's say, every one glass of wine takes about three hours to... Um, metabolize or break down.
0: Yes, two to three hours. Yeah, mm-hmm. we don't need to, to to pump and dump at all. Okay, that's incredible.
2: So you just need to plan. <laughs> <laughs> I need
0: to plan, my baby is asleep. Let's go out for two three hours. Yalla, I have my glass of wine and then all good. I come back to my normal life,
2: Doctor Sulaf, I want to ask you about cluster feeding. When one of the midwives told me that my daughter on her first night was cluster feeding because she was on my breast for an hour and 45 minutes the first night. I was so tired. (laughs) She said, oh, maybe she's cluster feeding. I was like, what in the F is cluster (laughs) feeding? (laughs) It sounds so terrifying. And it's something that I didn't know about. So I would love for you to talk to us a little bit about cluster feeding, maybe how it's related to growth spurts and, and what we need to know.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. First, the mother has to be prepared psychologically. I always teach my, 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 my or educate my mother, you know, in prenatal that she has to be psychologically ready to have lots of cluster feeding. Cluster feeding means that the baby doesn't have any patterns, especially at the beginning. And imagine an infant inside the, his mother womb who used to eat, drink any he/she wants. You know, the, just I open my mouth, I have what I need, I have everything through the umbilical cord. It's an open bar. Okay, when the inside is inside the womb of his mother. Yes, Can uh, then I cannot expect to have a baby that will follow a specific pattern straight after birth. It's not possible. Okay, so the baby first after birth will cluster feed a lot. Why? Because but he he's, the baby is used to, to eat anytime he wants. Sucking for the baby is something crucial and important. The baby will ask to suck for comfort or mommy is here oh i'm getting used to the real life to the real world you got my point so cluster feeding will will, will happen a lot at the at the first weeks of after birth it's totally normal and the, the power of cluster feeding also is to what to, to have more bonding with your baby and the baby will be sending a message to your brain mommy i need more milk okay hala cluster feeding comes a lot also when the baby will go through a growth spurts growth spurts can appear between one and three weeks, six and eight weeks, or three months, six months, when it's especially when a baby reaches a certain milestone. They will become more cranky, more fussy, and they need your help, okay? But keep in mind that after one month and up to six months, the amount of milk that your baby takes is the same. It remains the same. In average, it's between 800 ml to one liter per day, okay? Having said that, he will have sometime your baby, your infant, some like through the growth spurts or to, to, to he will ask you for help. Okay. He will ask, he will start to suck even more. And, and, uh, when it happens the first, you know, one week or three weeks, we believe that it's also a way for the baby to send message to the brain that to the mother brain, mommy, I'm growing. I need even more milk now. Okay. Then when it happens, uh, after one month, you know, at, uh, uh, between one month and, and six months any time between you know, six, six, eight weeks or our three months six months, we believe that it's a way to support our babies You know, to, um, to, for, to reach their certain milestone they are reaching so sucking for them is very important you have to keep in mind that baby doesn't the, the only sense that he can really master is the sucking okay, he cannot see properly he cannot control his movement everything goes through the mouth everything and that stays
2: with them through through more than just breastfeeding so i mean even freud calls it the oral phase right so it goes back to the basics of child development which is i mean even when they're eight months anything that they're exploring any toy goes straight into the mouth because that is the first form of understanding the world around them is the sucking the lips the mouth
0: exactly and it's totally normal it's totally normal
3: Actually, a fun fact: yeah. kissing between adults and intimate relationships <laughs> actually evolutionarily started, or the instinct to kiss on one's mouth comes from the sucking reflex. Oh, because a, because from a chi- a child gets that nutrition, that nurturing, that comfort from their mouth sucking and that's how that's why we kiss now with our mouths that's so interesting
1: <laughs> that's such a good point it's Like, hey why do we kiss on the mouth
0: <laughs> amazing yeah everything go through the mouth a mother has to know that her breast is not only for 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 food it's not like doesn't have only nutritive at, uh, aspect it's also for the cuddle for the comfort for the security Is everything that we invented in the market to replace a mother it's the pacifier that we, we invented Is the comforter that we invented and now we are going to shaking beds and all those stuff <laughs> <laughs> then the mother okay so yes a mother has to be psychologically prepared to that her baby will have cluster feeding period it's totally normal but uh, also she has to know that uh, after a certain period let's say one month and a half two months baby start to have a certain pattern usually when things are going okay baby will have will have a certain patterns um not uh, cluster feeding also you know it's like within 24 hours baby can feed more than 15 times like after one hour and a half then three hours maybe three times after within three hours so there is no patterns at all but then, depending on her his stomach capacity, the breast storage capacity of the mother, the demand will started to the supply will started to adapt to the demand, and things will started to you know, to follow a certain patterns. And depending on each baby and each mother, and we don't have to compare our uh, uh, our baby to another baby because they are all completely different.
3: I think this is a really important point, Doctor. I I remember so when my daughter was cluster feeding. I, I first of all I never heard of it. I didn't know what was going on. I thought I broke my baby. <laughs> and I messaged a friend of mine who has who had two kids at the time and she said, "Oh Aki, don't let her use your breast as a pacifier." And I, and so what you're saying is is actually really important because we need to remember that our kids need us and that comfort is important and it might be a cue for a coming growth spurt, or that they're trying to signal to th- to the mom's body, "Hey, I need more milk. Uh, start producing more milk." So that's really. Um, thank you for that. Oh, had the soothing, sah? and
1: yeah. no much had the milk. It's just maybe. Yeah.
0: But Asan when uh, you know, I often hear this: uh, you don't have to let your baby uh, use you as a pacifier, but it's not true. They invented the pacifier to replace a mother. Okay. If Aslan, the baby doesn't have this need to pacify, they would never invented the pacifier. It's a big market. It works so well because baby needs to pacify. They need to suck. It's totally normal. Yeah.
2: You know, one, one piece of advice that um, I think it was my lactation consultant in the UK gave me was, and it made me feel so much better because I was like, do I just keep her on? Do I rock her to sleep? Do, what do I do? She told me in the first three, four months, you will not build any bad habits if you need to let your baby suck let the baby suck if baby needs to be held hold baby if you need to rock her to sleep just do whatever you feel
1: is comforting the child and that made me feel so much better سمعت بابا اسمع هذا الحكي انا i لا ما ما حتخربيهم حتدلعوهم <laughs> baby is crying. Baby is five days old, Baba. <laughs> okay.
0: <laughs> it's such an important topic, ladies. Honestly, I love that you, you, you're you talking about it. Why? Because you hear lots of things here that no, don't carry your baby. You will spoil your baby. But it's not true. First of all, your baby your infant was carried nine months. Okay. He was in your womb for nine months. So, Allah already used to be carried. Okay. <laughs> Second bolby uh, it's his um, uh, psychologist uh, he, he showed that carrying a baby is as important as feeding the baby as important as cleaning the baby. okay It's very important to make sure that the berry, baby we answer our baby needs and one of the baby needs is to be carried. Again I'm born in Congo, Africa and mother used to carry their baby more than two, three years, okay? And they are the most Im- independent kids, <laughs> even though they've been yeah. carried for such a long time. They are so, because they they also have, will be full of confidence. It increases their, their self-esteem and their self-confidence to answer their needs, and one of their needs is to be carried, okay?
3: So, doctor, w- we talked earlier a, a little bit about some of the common breastfeeding issues, um, like cracked nipples um, and using nipple shields. You mentioned tongue tie. I I know that there's tongue tie. That there's lip tie. alhamdulillah Aya, I, Ayyushi, uh, I she, she had both. That was a lot of fun. <laughs> could could just for the listeners, could you just give a quick overview on what those ties are? and you know what what does that mean for the latch and how could uh, how could a, a parent um, fix that
0: halla um, tongue tie and lip tie it's uh, and tongue tie is when the tongue is not able to move not, it's not free to move has a restrictive movement and how how it happens when when there is a tie under the tongue and we have several A type of tongue tie it it goes from one to four one is when it's really severe when the tie comes on the tip of the tongue and so up to four four is more posterior tongue tie okay Mm -hmm. how how can mother can 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 see it for example when she started to hear lots of clicking sounds this is an indicator of tongue tie because the baby is losing the latch when when the tongue is not free to move okay has a restrictive movement, the baby will lose the vacuum, will lose the latch all the time. Mm-hmm. And this will bring also lots of air to the baby. So, mm-hmm. losing it. So, when the baby will lose the latch, you will hear a clicking sound. The mm-hmm. baby who has tongue tie are babies who struggle really to keep the deep, deep latch. Also, you can see lots of sucking blisters on the lips of the baby. Sucking blisters is when the lips become, you know, like white, like when I buy new shoes and it's the shoes are rubbing our feet and you can see some blisters it's the same we call it the sucking blisters and you can see it's an indication of a possible tongue tie or possible shallow latch lip tie um it's when the upper lip you can see it and huh? the upper lip is not completely flanged when the baby is on the breast because it's important uh, to to make sure that the baby has an upper lip that is completely flanged on the breast this isn't ensure, ensure a really deep latch okay when the baby always has his upper lip uh, inverted like inside it might be uh, a cause of uh, of a lip tie having said that uh, what what is really helpful especially when the baby is is delivered through kiwi or through forceps uh, or any over medicalized birth even c-section it's a beautiful gift i think and if we can afford to take our baby to the osteopath osteopath or like chiropractor or even chiropractor that help us to release our baby tensions and sometimes we can um, avoid having any procedure uh, because the baby will be able to to flinch his upper lip again or the the the, 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 the tongue the 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 tongue will be less tight, let's say, but again, it really depends on the severity of the of the of the tie. So that's mm-hmm. why mother really need a lactation consultant or a specialist to really look under the tongue. And
3: and I think it's important to emphasize a lactation consultant because, uh, my experience, there was almost. I mean, I was I was really stressed in deciding whether. I needed to address my daughter's tongue tie because the pediatrician said, oh, these lactation consultants, they overdiagnose tongue tie. Um, and then, I mean, I eventually did address the tongue tie because it really was an issue f- with the latch. Um, so, so, yeah, that was just a, a struggle that I faced was, you know, whose advice do I follow? Do I follow the pediatrician's advice or do I follow the lactation consultant's advice?
0: Hala, it's a very good point, Sa, Because you know, uh, unfortunately, pediatrician and uh, and gynecologist, even they don't have any hours of lactation during their studies. And unfortunately, um, unfortunately, lots of mothers just, just try to ask them about you know, like tongue tie, lactation. They ask them for advices, but they really, they it's not their core subject. They never had any hours of breastfeeding during their courses. Honestly, you have you, you have to know during the whole university um during the during the, i don't know how many years like 12 years on university they never had i think half an hour of breastfeeding course have lots of friends of mine they are doctors that's what they are telling me okay so uh, we cannot the best will be really to 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 seek help from the experts lactation consultants are the experts in breastfeeding okay to become a lactation consultant really long journey uh, having said that, if a mother has any doubt, she can ask not only one; she can seek help from the second, second uh, second opinion from another expert also. Um, and alhamdulillah, in Dubai, I think uh, we are we have really very 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 good uh, doctor lactation consultant expert in Tongtai, uh, and it's uh, really the mother really have here. Um, I think we have the luxury <laughs> to have like amazing doctor lactation consultant that work both in the clinic in Sharjah and Dubai that helps with the mother, uh, to help mother taking the decision to release or not the tongue um, tie.
1: Dr. Sulaf, I want to talk to you a little bit about a, a personal fear of mine and I shared it across with the girls here. Uh, I'm not, I, it's not really a fear, but it's a concern that my baby will want to. Breastfeed for longer than he should. I'm. 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 um am i am right i am i to i am i am i am i am i to i am i am i am i am i am i i i am Boom, okay. I'm going to ask this.
2: <laughs> not selfish, not selfish, man. First
0: of all, you know what you want and you know what is the best for you, okay? And uh, you are the only one who knows what is the best for you, dear. And we should respect it and we should support you also. So, uh, for the weaning, just to let you know that a human baby or the human infant will self wean. So, the normal weaning of a baby human is between two years and a half and six, seven years, okay? Because studies showed that more our brain is developed, more we need to feed. Okay, this is as, uh, when we compare ourselves to other mammals on earth. So weaning, it's, um, it's, a, yani, it's a big topic. Lots of mother will go to the gynecologist and the gynecologist will give them a pill uh, to stop the milk supply, suddenly. I'm really against those pills because it's really a shock for choke, it would choke the mother body. Okay. To stop drastically the, the prolactin in this way, it's really um, it can lead to other 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 problems. To win a baby, first of all, if we are ready, we have as a mother, we have to ask our question: are we really ready? Okay, Because to wean a one-year-old baby who is still uh, attached to the breast, which is completely normal, huh, to have a one-year-old baby attached to the breast, we have to be ourselves 100% ready for, the, for this weaning journey. Okay, Because we have to expect that our baby was crunk, will be cranky, will be fussy, because we are removing uh, our, the, comfort, uh, the comforter, the pacifier, the, the milk, the sweet milk from him. He will not be happy. Or she will not be happy okay so as mother we have first to be ready to wean, okay second weaning what's what how it how it works so we remove one feed every two to three days okay in case i am engorged uh, because i remove this feed i just use a bit the pump to release a bit of tensions that's it i don't over pump okay Heck, if every after two three days i feel that okay uh, my my breasts are soft are soft now i can remove another feed again so it's really gradually and we will remove one feed every two to three days a baby that is one month uh, sorry one year and we are telling him that khalas no more milk you should expect him to be really unhappy so the help of your husband or any helper Will be for me crucial and important. So, for example, if your baby used to feed at night for comfort or just to, to, to have the milk he needs, you will have to ask your husband to do the job at night to take the lead. Maybe your baby will cry for two, three days, okay? Uh, but if he cries being in your husband's arm, it's different than if he cries, or if your baby cries alone in, in his coat or his bed, okay? Mm-hmm. So, you need really a support for the weaning and yourself has to be completely ready for weaning. And then it's really a personal choice, and uh, as long as you are doing it uh, because, halas, uh, you're done with it, and uh, and you are doing it in gradual, that uh, like you are doing it gradually without harming yourself and even harming your baby, it's uh, just go for it if you're happy to do it.
2: Doctor Sulaf, thank you for all that information. Can you give us your top tips for breastfeeding mamas or mamas who are thinking about breastfeeding?
0: Yes, I always say to, mo- to a mother that, you know, she has, she, ha- she has nine months while she's pregnant to be to educate herself, OK? She really have to use those nine months to educate herself in terms of birth and breastfeeding, OK? Because the way she will give birth also will impact her breastfeeding journey. more she's educated, Better and we are increasing the, the success of a beautiful birth experience and as well the success of a beautiful breastfeeding experience because both of them are related. So education is a must okay. Second tips I will tell a mother is don't wait to get help. If you are struggling, if you are suffering it's not normal. breastfeeding is not supposed to be painful okay it can be discomfort you can feel a bit of discomfort at the beginning but it's not supposed to be painful so if you are struf- suffering of if you have any question uh, any struggle please do seek for help it's important sometimes it's too late mother will just stop breastfeeding and switch to formula because she didn't have the help she needs okay um again i will emphasize on the importance of the golden hour and to make sure that nobody is allowed to take the baby from the mother chest before the baby had his first feed on the on the on the chest straight after birth so golden hour is crucial for a successful breastfeeding experience and breastfeeding starts straight after delivery room okay having your husband involved in your prenatal course is also a must because your husband is the best support unless you also hire a doula who can help you in in this process and um Again, we didn't have time to discuss it, but pacifier and bottle, please, please avoid introducing any pacifier or any bottle before one month, okay? Your baby is still learning to suck. You are still learning. You are in a learning journey. We don't have to introduce plastic, you know, teeth to our babies to avoid any confusion, okay? And if you have any, uh, like the first month, if you have any doubt, do seek for help. And the, really, the I think if what, if, there is only one advice that I have to give to mother today. I will tell them follow your instinct. Okay? Follow your instinct, trust yourself and the nature and the process of breastfeeding. Okay? Um, unfortunately, we live in a society where birth is over medicalized, we are surrounded by doctors, and then we, sometimes we stop following our own instinct. You know, right. we, 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 this is, I think, one of the main problems that we have today. And we are the only mammals on earth that doubt about our capacity to give birth naturally and our capacity to breastfeed. We are the only uh, mammals on earth that think if I switch to cows milk, my baby would be better.
1: We're the only mammals on earth that drink another animal's milk, isn't
0: that true? <laughs> yes, the Yes, the cow's milk when you look at the composition is for the veal. And the veal a body is completely different from a baby body. The brain is different, the muscles are different, so baby needs his own mother milk.
1: Wow, Doctor Sulaf Ketirch Yani Addesa Atini Um oh, thank you so much.
3: Anjad
0: a pleasure for me, Anjad. I think this is an amazing idea, Yanni, to spread awareness.
3: Thank you so much, doctor. I'm sure that, inshallah, this episode will, will help so many moms out there um, feel empowered and feel brave to embark on this beautiful journey between mom and baby. Um, thank you so much again. And um, if anybody wants or needs that advice or lactation consultant, uh, please reach out to Dr. Sulaf. Um, she's excellent, guys.
0: <laughs> Thank you, Haiti. Thank you. You are at the end the heroes. Mother are the heroes, honestly.
3: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so
1: much. Ma salame. Ma salame,